the Lord gave me this word. Now, this is the message that I've been trying to preach for the last two Wednesdays that I've been in person and was not able to preach. So I'm going to preach it today because I know that I heard from God and it means that this word is assigned to someone's life. Somebody say amen. amen. It's good to see you all here. And I just want to encourage you. I'm going to try to just preach and not talk a lot, but I want to encourage you that uh, we're going to see the end of this. We really are. We really are. All that we've been through, all that we've endured, all that we have sown into building this vision, God is not going to disappoint us. Somebody say amen. So it's important that you just refresh yourself. Sometimes you got to refresh yourself and you got to be ready to do the work. Is that all right? Nehemiah, the fourth chapter, beginning at the first verse, I believe I'm reading from the New King James Version. Yes, New King James Version. And it says, but so it happened when Sanballat, heard that we were rebuilding the walls, they rebuilding the wall, that he was furious and very indignant, and he mocked the Jews. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? Will they revive the stones from the heaps of rubbish, stones that are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was beside him, and he said, Whatever they build, even if a fox goes up on it, he will break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised. Turn their reproach on their own heads and give them as plunder to a land of captivity. Do not cover their iniquity, and do not let their sin be blotted out from before you, for they have provoked you to anger before the builders. So we built the, I already, y'all, you hear it already? So we built the wall. Somebody say, we built the wall. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and that the gaps were beginning to be closed, that they became very angry. Now, they had no problem with the, the dilapidation of everything, but when you start to rebuild it, now they get ticked off. It says they became very angry and all of them conspired together. Now, y'all didn't have no conversation with each other until we became productive. I know I'm not going to get help. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem to do one thing, to create confusion. Nevertheless, we made our prayer to God. Prayer number two, we made our prayer to God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. Then Judah, the praisers, I don't know, any praisers in here? The praisers said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there is so much rubbish that we are not able to build the wall. Jumping down. Uh, to verse 13, it says, therefore, I position men, he repositioned, somebody say reposition, behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, gatekeepers, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. I don't care what they post. I don't care what video they tag you in. I don't care what they do on TikTok. I don't care how many times they go live talking about you. Do not be afraid of them. But remember the Lord. 
great and awesome. God, I thank you for the anointing I feel here. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your houses. I think the word of God is preaching this morning. And it happened that when our enemies heard that it was known to us and that God had brought their plot to nothing, who did it? Somebody say, God did it. Who did it? Somebody say, God did it. Who did it? God brought their plot to nothing that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. The victory was there so they could continue the work. So it was from that time on that half of my servants worked at construction while the other half held the spears, the shields, the bows and wore armor and the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. Galatians 6 and 9 says this, let us not grow weary or become discouraged. Now, come on, hear it, hear it. Because the temptation is there to become weary or discouraged. Listen, the word of God is talking to you. Let us not become weary or become discouraged in doing good. Now, if you acting up, then you ought to be worn down. But if you're doing the right thing, don't be discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, I feel the Holy Ghost, at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. Father, we thank you now for the word of God that's riding through this house like a mighty man on a horse. Hi-ya! We thank you and we praise you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, tell your neighbor, here's the message, don't quit now. Look to your other neighbor and say, neighbor, I came here on a snowy Sunday morning to release a word in your spirit. Don't quit now. Now open your mouth and give him some praise. Don't quit now, Danielle. You, it's too late now. Minister Johnson, don't quit now. Michelle Elaine, wipe your eyes. Don't quit now. Pastor Isaiah, don't quit now. Day, we... The subtopic... Wait, wait, wait. I, y'all feel that anointing. The subtopic is, look how far you've come. I mean, I want you... I know this ain't it here, but just look back. Just real quick. Just look back and see how far you've actually come. Because it'll give you the incentive for why you can't quit. If you were going to quit, you should have quit about five years ago or ten years ago. Before God calls you to triumph, somebody open your mouth and give him a shout of praise. Here we are. Success, take your seats, is not for the faint at heart. There are people that want to be successful, but prophets, sometimes they don't have the capacity for success. Most people look at success through the lens of the finished product. They see the glory of being influential or well-known or wealthy. However, the dichotomy of success is that although it is very flamboyant and it shows off what has been accomplished, the reality is that success never really reveals the struggle, the pain, or the process. Um, we look at people that we would deem to be successful, but 
the reality is, Elder, that we only see them in all of the glory. We only see them on the big stage. We only see them on the big screen. We see them with the accolades and the books and the, and the, and the, the royalties coming in. But the reality is before they could ever get to that place that there was some pain. Somebody talked to me. There was some struggle. There was some tears. There was a process that ensued that got them to where they were. Every successful person has to endure the process. Tell your neighbor, say endure the process. Whether that success is to be lived out in your home life with your marriage or your children or even in ministry or shepherding a flock or leading a team or perhaps it's even a business endeavor, you're an entrepreneur or an employee, wherever you determine to be successful, you are going to have to go through to get it. Now, I want you to let that sink into your mind and spirit because sometimes I think we get tricked into thinking that if we just have faith that has got to happen but the Bible that tells us to have faith uh, because without it it is impossible to please God also says to us that faith without works is dead so you can have all the faith in the world but it's a dead faith until you put some action behind I don't know who I'm preaching to sometimes you've got to move with the faith to see the thing that you're believing in somebody say hallelujah the reality is that you have to suffer defeat and failure more than your human pride will allow you to reveal. In other words, we had to go through some stuff. We had some setbacks that were really, and why is everybody walking? We had some setbacks that we are embarrassed about. Somebody say embarrassed. Uh, and you, you realize that we've gone through things that if people really knew the full story, you don't even know if they would still be connected to you. Tell the truth. Huh? Uh, we had to confront fear and torment and limitations and the sense of inadequacy uh, there were some trip ups hallelujah somebody shout hallelujah we don't have to tell the whole story and I don't have to give you the whole resume but just know I, I messed it up a couple of times somebody say amen there were trip ups and hiccups there were sicknesses and diseases that shook our very faith because we know him to be Jehovah Rapha but sometimes he didn't heal us the way we wanted him to heal us so we had to go through valleys and experiences that caused us to question the very God that we believe in somebody shout hallelujah but all of these are the things and the ingredients that are going to make you successful if you don't quit tell your neighbor one more time say don't quit you've come too far this means that you will always have the opportunity to quit, Danielle. It means you can stop. Say, I can stop. You can choose to stop. You can decide today that whatever it is you're working on and believing God to do, whatever it is you're building, you can decide today to throw in the towel. But don't quit. Say, don't quit. You can retreat and you can move out of the firing line of being entrusted to build or to pioneer. There's different calibers of people. Somebody shout caliber. There's different capacities of people. Shout capacity. And everybody has a cross and everybody has a story. But there are some people that are entrusted with the heavy lifting. Y'all not going to talk back to me. I'm almost through. I said there are some people, prophet, that are entrusted with the hard task. And if God has uh, decided that you are the one that can handle it, the scripture says to us that he will not put more on us than we can bear. So it means that if God put it there, and I'm not, not, I'm not talking about stuff you put on 
yourself that you can't handle. But if God put it there, it means that you have the capacity, you have the ability to bear it. So there are people that he has entrusted the heavy lifting to. I don't know who's in here that got a little bit of a heavy load. And you know that, that, that the people next to you, don't look at your neighbor, but the people next to you, that if they had the same load, they might fumble it. They might drop it. But you can feel the strength of God kicking up in you because you know that if God put this weight on me, I have the ability to carry this weight all the way through to the end. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I'm telling you right now that if you have not crumbled and been crushed by the weight, it means that God has given you a great grace. Somebody shout great grace. There are forces of productivity, take your seats, and process that will not allow the unsuccessful to legally enter into realms where success can be attained. Now, I'm going to say that again in English. There are guardians. Somebody say guardians. That make sure the unsuccessful don't get into successful places. Huh? It means that you have to measure up to enter into some places in God. You got to be faithful over a few things before you become the ruler over many. Somebody said, let's do it God's way. No one can kill uh, Elder Michelle a season of momentum and productivity like someone who never paid the price to be there. That's why when God starts increasing you, now watch this, because we love everybody, but you got to, the Bible also says, know those who labor among you. See, you, you got to know the people that you're connected to because in seasons of productivity and momentum, being latched on to the wrong people can kill the momentum. Y'all not listening. All you got to do is have the wrong conversation with the wrong person that is disgruntled, that is a complainer, that has no real vision and no real focus for their life. And the next thing you know, after you talk to them, you start taking on all of their junk. And then you start hating your life, but not even realizing that you are just a second away from the greatest breakthrough you've ever experienced. That's why you've got to know those that labor amongst you. If they don't have no track record being entrusted with nothing, you can't take their advice. If you can't see the hand of God doing anything in their life, you can't follow their lead. You can't walk in their footsteps because they ain't been nowhere. No one can kill. A season of momentum and productivity like the ones not willing to pay the price. Take your seats. Have you ever met somebody that just likes to ride on the coattails of somebody else? It's who you know. It's, it's who you're connected to. Huh? There's this, I'm not even, God, I can't do it. I'm a, I'm a preacher different. I'm a different man. I'm 43. But I, 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 I ran into somebody one time, and they, they always want to take your picture. Why do you want to take my picture? Well, aren't you Bishop Bismarck Summer? What does that have to do with you? There's some people that, that, that are not willing to pay the price to become who they're supposed to be. So the very next greatest thing is to connect with people who already are and then to try to ride that atmosphere. But the devil is a lie. We are shaking our coat tales from the illegal riders in this season if you gonna rock with me you gonna pay the price if you gonna come where i'm coming you gonna pay the price if you are gonna get the victory that's been promised to me you gonna pay for it just like i paid for it somebody shout hallelujah in our text let me get through here nehemiah is dealing with the rebuilding of jerusalem as a city and the temple where God promised to dwell. 
uh, it was a time of reformation. Somebody say reformation. Uh, that's the hour that we're in now, Pastor Autumn, where the Lord has issued a decree. And I, if you follow God, if you pay attention, he's just breaking everything up. Do y'all realize that what we thought we trusted in and what we thought we knew, he's just, it's just a bulldozer going right through it. The churches that we, we, we believed in real strong, the doctrines that we thought, y'all not going to tell the truth, so I'll just preach over here. The doctrines we thought we had to follow, the preachers that we thought were the ones that God had anointed, and then all of a sudden, it, it just lost its glory. It's like God took his hand off of it, but yeah, he really did take his hand off because he's doing a new thing. Somebody shout a new thing. It's a time of reformation. Times of trials and tribulation require godly leadership that has the ability to bring people through adversity into the promise. Huh? Like the sons of Issachar. That's where God has had me. I preached that a little bit in St. Kitts. We got to discern the time and the season of God. Come on. You can't, you can't just be aware of your time and season. Oh, God help me. We made it about us so long that we forgot that there's a God. We made it about how we feel so long that we forgot there's a God. Y'all, I'm telling you, it's a spirit. That's all I can tell you. It's a spirit. I, I had a, a conference with one of my, uh, one of my, 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 my children's teacher. I won't say which one. I don't want to embarrass nobody. And, and the, the teacher was on the, the Zoom with us, and we were addressing some issues with this particular child. This particular child is a lot like me. And so they like it their way, and they just... They're going to do things their way. So the teacher was explaining to us how she's trying to accommodate the will of this particular individual. And so the teacher said, you know, we were in the middle of some standardized testing and, and this one didn't want to sit down and didn't want to take the test. So I said to this one, well, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to sit in the hallway and take the test? Is, do you want to sit at my desk and take the test? However you want to do it, we're going to accommodate it. And then, and then the teacher said, and then I said to them, if they don't feel like taking it, it's all right. They don't even have to take it if they don't feel comfortable taking it. And I'm listening to them and I'm going back to when I was in school and we didn't have an option to to feel. We didn't have an option to sit where, where, where we wanted to sit. If it was standardized testing time, you were sitting at your desk, you wasn't looking around, they gave you two pencils that they already sharpened because you couldn't go to the pencil sharpener, but there is a spirit that has crept into the culture where now nothing is absolute. It's all about your perception and your subjective experience. The devil is a lie. We serve a sovereign God who has a will that is good, perfect, and acceptable. And if you're going to name the name of Christ, You've got to depart from iniquity and you've got to follow him. It's his will. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's got to be a people that are willing to acquiesce to a greater will. Don't quit now. Let me just take your seat. The leadership that are entrusted with times of transformation has to be able to successfully navigate through criticism and opposition in order to see the vision come to pass. You cannot be the kind of person that when they talk about you or question you, that it makes you reconsider your conviction. Because as soon as you get productive, there's a sand ballot and a Tobiah 
that hasn't thought about you until you were about to finish what God told you. I'm not going to help me preach it. Until you were about to finish what God told you to do. It's something about when you get close to the fulfillment of destiny that all of a sudden, all of that, we call them haters, but it's more than haters. These are people that are manipulators and deceivers. These are people that are in league with the devil. We're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against despotisms, principalities, against powers that come tap on their shoulder and say, why don't you say this to them? And next thing you know, you all bound up not even realize you're dealing with a spirit there's something about the being on the stage when God is about to push you into front street that the enemy comes and says did God really say yes he said it and I believe it and I'm going to believe it until the day I die I can't quit now because I've come too far if that's you open your mouth and give God a shout of praise Restoration, I'm coming back down, I got to get it out, on the part of God is constant and repetitive. It's not instant. So when God is restoring us, Sister Danielle, sometimes restoration is a process. Uh, if we look at an old dilapidated building and they say they're going to go through the process of restoration, it's not restored in one day. It could take three years. It could take five years. It's a process, and they do it in stages. So when God speaks a word of restoration to us, beloved, we have to be comfortable with the fact that it may not happen the way we want it to happen and in the time that we want it to happen, and it may not look the way that we think it should look in the time we think it should look. But if he said it, he's going to bring it to pass. If he promised it, he is faithful to complete it. Somebody clap your hands for a faithful God. In the midst of this, God is bringing his people into the place of restoration and they are confronted with enemies who are determined to overthrow them to keep them in a place of captivity. It's, it's shocking to me and my wife and I were talking about this just briefly the other day. It's shocking to me how much people really don't care about you. It, 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 it's really... It boggles my mind because, and, and I think that this is some of my naivety, because I genuinely care about most people. Honestly, that's, that's really a true statement. I, I genuinely love people. I genuinely am concerned about them. I genuinely have feelings for them. So if something happens to somebody, it creates a feeling in me of care and concern. When I saw that Bill Johnson's wife is dealing with cancer and this man is known for working miracles, I literally fell on my face weeping because I care about not her, but his mind. How God, what he must be going, how could I have preached healing to so many people and my own wife is sick? You get, I care. Somebody say, I care. But, but people don't. Huh? I, I found out that people, <laughs> they don't care. You didn't care about anything that was going on my life in my life until I got successful and productive. You had no opinion. You had no thought. You had no reason to have my name in your mouth. And the reality was, before I came on the scene, I really was giving you a lot to talk about. There was a lot for you to talk about then. But you knew it and ignored it. 
But there's something about when you start to step into the stages of your greatness. I don't know who I'm preaching to. You, you start to come into an awareness of who you really are. And your tax bracket starts changing. Then all of a sudden, the people that have been around for the ride, they start to switch up on you. They start to, they start to change. The Sambalat and the Tobiah start being critical and opinionated about what's going on in your life. But the reality is, you are not the author and the finisher of my faith. And you have to be bold enough. Listen, successful people, you got to be bold enough to tell people to save the heaven out of your life. I, I love you. I bless you. I rock with you. But you have to Stay the heaven or the opposite, the antithesis of heaven, out of my life because I'm not giving you space to jack up my productivity in a season of purpose. I wish I could get somebody to open their mouth and say, it is my season of purpose. Nehemiah is resilient in the midst of all of this. That means that he could not be the kind of leader that would cower down. People don't care. I, 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 my wife and I talked about this briefly about some people that, that have left our ministry at just different points, different reasons, different times, different seasons, whatever. It's a part of life. They left their family. They left God. They left. But people leave. Amen. It's just part of it. But we were talking about how some people have no problem poisoning other people against our house when God is really here and the only difference between this house and heaven is that it's comprised of natural people and we're all going through processes so we're not perfect I'm not perfect you're not perfect the moment they walked in it wasn't perfect huh but we're in a process we're in a journey but we th we talked about how people can be so hateful as to poison people so that some people after they've talked to you they'll never even go to church at all again so that means that you don't even care enough about their soul that you are willing to poison them. And then they go, see, that's why I don't go to church. That's the first thing they say. That's why I don't mess with them church people. I always knew something was wrong with them. And, and not realizing that the blood is going to be on your hands. Sometimes the people's criticism and opinion is so destructive that it does more than just allow them a moment to vent. But it literally will cause people to miss out on purpose and success. Somebody say amen. So Nehemiah is resilient. He leads him through the adversity and he develops within the people the tenacity to overcome and to make it into the end. Say, I'm going to make it to the end. Say, I'm not going to quit. Say, I've come too far. Here's point number one. Your real enemy. Somebody say the real enemy. Somebody say the real enemy. I'm not talking about the imps. I'm not talking about the little headache demons. I'm not talking about the stuff that makes you stub your toe when you're on the way to church and you might uh, let out an expletive and you got to repent and take communion. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the real enemy. Say the real enemy. This is the one that's after your soul. This is the serpent in the garden. Come on. Because if you're really walking with God in the cool of the day, there's a serpent somewhere in the shade waiting to whisper in your ear. So you got to be careful in the season of productivity to to make sure that you don't allow your ear to become open to the serpent. Somebody say, shut my ear to the mouth of the serpent. Because the serpent only presents himself. The enemy only presents himself when he knows that you are on the verge of God doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And the enemy is cunning. He is wise. He is crafty. He is shrewd. He's not going to come and try to make you completely rebel against God. Russ, all he can do is make you question, number one, whether or not God really said it. And then when he gets you to the point of really questioning whether or not God said it, then he introduces an alternate reaction 
reality that sounds a little bit like what God said, but it just doesn't get you to the same destination. See, the devil knows that he can't do nothing with the saved, but all he can do is alter the path and the destination. Somebody say amen. He can't take the blood of Jesus off of you. He can't get the Holy Ghost out of you. He can't make you stop speaking in tongues. But if he can get you to show up at the wrong place at the wrong time, then he's accomplished his plan. Somebody shout hallelujah. You got to watch the enemy. Point number one that shows up when you are in the place of productively doing the work. Now watch this because they had a response. So the enemy's coming, Jazz. Say the enemy's coming. You can't avoid that, but you got to respond the right way. Number one, they prayed to God concerning the enemy. So you got to increase your prayer. Somebody say increase your prayer. Somebody say increase your prayer. Increase your prayer. What is increasing your prayer going to do is going to get you out of your mind. What is increasing your prayer going to do is going to get you out of your feelings. What is increasing your prayer going to do is going to get you off the phone listening to people that ain't got no business uh, giving wisdom and direction for your life. This is so funny. I had a situation the other week and somebody was gossiping and rumoring stuff about me and somebody came and told me, oh, I don't know if I can go to that church because God revealed something to me about him. And I asked them the question. I said, well, how did God reveal something about me to them and they are fornicator and they shacking up? It's impossible for the spirit of the living God to come and speak to you about me and he didn't talk to you about you you got to clean up the fornication before he show you something about me you got to come up out of that relationship that God didn't ordain before you can see something about me the devil is a lie people are running around listening to a serpent and they think it's the voice of God but it's nothing but a diversion from truth and I bind that spirit up and I run it up out of this house because there's no angels of light that's going to manifest in here we're standing in truth we're walking in truth we're moving in truth and the spirit of truth is all around us you got to increase your prayer point number two you got to continue the work this is point number two for point one you got to continue the work you have to recognize that the objective of the enemy is to get you to come down from the wall and just stop. The Bible says we are not ignorant of the enemy's devices. So his strategy, what's the strategy? He just doesn't want you to do what you're doing. He don't care if you do something else. He don't care if you go somewhere else. He doesn't want you to do what you're doing because in that moment, the reformation is fulfilling the will of the sovereign God. So if he... Y'all not going to help me tonight? His objective... I started too high. His objective is to get you off the wall. I don't know who I'm here to preach to on a Sunday afternoon. But I don't want you to leave here in a spirit of derision or in a spirit of confusion. Because when the spirit of truth has come in the room, he removes all doubt and fear. This is the season to make your calling and election sure. I'm here to preach. I like it slow like this to a couple of warriors that have made up their mind that no matter what I have to go through, 
no matter what I have to face, no matter what it feels like, no matter what it costs me, if God said it, he can trust me to fulfill my vow. Somebody preach with me. It's better not to make a vow than to make a vow and not keep it. I'm preaching to a couple of covenant keepers that are in the room that made up their mind that even when the enemy comes against you like a flood, that your trust is in the Lord who will lift up a standard against him because the wind of the Holy Spirit will push you when you think you don't have the ability to be pushed any further. The anointing will drive you when you feel you're about to collapse. I need three people to open your mouth and tell your neighbor, neighbor, don't quit. Neighbor, don't stop. Neighbor, don't come off the wall because neighbor, there's another window that's about to open. I feel my help. There's another gate that you're about to walk through. There's another realm that's about to hit your life. Eva, don't quit. Keep pushing. Keep praying. Keep declaring. Keep decreeing because your miracle is about to show up. I need somebody. I need anybody that believes to open your mouth and say, God, I won't quit. You can trust me. I won't come down. I won't stop. Open your mouth and give him glory. Come on, give him praise. I'm running down. The strategy of the enemy is real clear. The attack is to create confusion. The devil wants you to wander in circles like the children of Israel walking around in the wilderness. It says they walked around Warren for about 40 years and it was a trip that should have only taken about two days. Somebody help me in here. Don't allow the enemy to cause confusion. To sit on your shoulder and whisper in your ear. But bind the devil and tell the devil that God who promised me is faithful. And his faithfulness has gripped my heart. His faithfulness, God, I'm preaching to myself, has gripped my spirit. And it doesn't matter who's around me. It doesn't matter who leaves me. It doesn't matter who slanders me. It doesn't matter who tries to split the church because I got a vision from the sovereign God. I got a word from the Lord. I wish I could preach the way that I feel it. I wish I could get it out the way that it's in my belly because he spoke to me and prophet, he's a God that cannot lie. 
So if he said it, it's got to come to pass. He said super maker, so it's going to be super maker. He said global ministry, so it's got to be global. He said signs, wonders, and miracles, so there's got to be signs, wonders, and miracles. He said breakthrough, so there's got to be breakthrough. He said multiple campuses, so somebody's got to pastor. I wish you would get the vision of God in your spirit and open your mouth and give him a praise because you won't quit, because you won't stop, because you're going to keep moving. Give him glory. I won't quit. Let me give you the last point. Judah began to talk. God help me here. Judah began to speak. Oh God, give me, give me the grace to get this out. The way that the Holy Spirit is screaming in my ear. There's a season while you're on the wall and you're doing the work and the enemy's talking and confusion is all around you and chaos is at the dinner table in your own house and you feel like you're in a hell wind, a hell storm, a whirlwind of a whole bunch of activity and you don't know which way to go. You don't know whose voice to trust. Dejan, I heard the Holy Ghost say that it's in the midst of the confusion that praise will begin to talk for you. I ain't got help in. Judah began to cry out that the strength of the laborers was beginning to fail. There's something about your praise that when you're focused on giving him glory it creates an atmosphere that can pull you through anything you're facing I need some praisers to open up your mouth because your praise will give you the strength that you need to give him glory I'm done the leaders praise, the worshipers praise, the Levites praise, the people praise. They listened for the sound of the trumpet, and when they heard it, it was a familiar sound. In a season of transition, don't listen to a voice you don't know, but find the sound of the trumpet that you recognize. Find. The sound of God that you already know and open your mouth and praise. Somebody praise him. Oh, come on. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm just about done. It's your praise that's a weapon against the confusion. It's your praise 
that's a weapon against the sand ballot. It's your praise that's a weapon against the Tobiah. It's your praise that's a weapon against the chaos. Somebody open your mouth and give a great God a mighty praise. Last point. It says when they blew the trumpet, they blew the trumpet, it was a familiar sound. Higher. The trick of the enemy is to switch up the sound in a season of transition. But don't listen to the tricked up sound. Find the sound that you recognize over here in Ecclesia Global. It's the sound of breakthrough. That's our sound. It's a sound of overcoming. It's a sound of though he slay me, I can still trust him. It's the sound of he that has begun the good work. I can't stop in the middle because he's going to complete it. It's the sound if God be for you. Who can be against you? Listen for the sound. I'm done. It says when they blew the trumpet. Oh yeah. The sound that they knew. We about to dance. If you ain't danced all year, you're going to dance here. When they heard the sound that they recognized, Elder Aaron, it says when they blew the trumpet, the people gathered together on one accord and said, God will fight for us. That's why praise had to remind them that it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. As they gathered as an aggregation, ready to praise, ready to rejoice. They had one consensus against the chaos. They had one consensus against the confusion. They had one consensus against the sand ballot. They had one consensus against the Tobiah. They said, beloved, if we praise, if we praise, if we praise our God, the Alpha and the Omega, our God, the beginning and the end, the lily in the valley, the bright and morning star, Lord Sabaoth, Jehovah M. Kadesh, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah Shalom, our God, Yahweh, Jesus. If we praise, he's going to fight. They said, let's pray. better praise the battle is not yours it's the Lord's
somebody praise him praise him praise him So go ahead and dance. Come on, tambourine. Judas talking. Judas talking. 